Hi, this is Ben Lowell with Back to the Bible Canada's Truth and Life Today. And we're grateful to be here again today talking about some of the issues that are so important to you. Uh, some biblical issues and uh, some topical and timely issues. So we're looking forward to our conversations again today with Dr. John Newfeld. John, welcome. It's great to be here, Ben. Good stuff. And I just want you to know there is going to be a slide that comes up that tells you how you can hear and listen to this program each and every week, or you can just go to backtothebible.ca and you can get all the information there. Well, John, let's not delay any further. Uh, you have a, a great new booklet coming out, yeah. and it's part of a series called the Pocketbook Theology Series, which is an interesting uh, title in and of itself, but the first booklet is called What is the Gospel? Yeah. And so, I, I, you know, it, it just seems like, well, that might be a pretty typical uh, approach for any organization to start out with a, with a booklet like that, but we thought it was really critically important. Why do you think that? You know, Ben, uh, it is, as we are talking to one another, we're just very short amount of time, yeah. and we're at the 500th anniversary of the beginning of the Protestant Reformation. Yeah. And the Protestant Reformation really is this recovery of something that had been lost. What had been lost was the gospel. And because the gospel was forgotten by layers of interp uh, interpretation, tradition from the church, I mean, underneath all this pile of rubble, if you can, the gospel is somewhere down there. And a man named Martin Luther found it and yeah. said, there it is. You know, not only he, but a number of others as well. Yeah. I, I fear, Ben, that we are again at that place where the simplicity of the gospel is being lost, where even pastors are unfamiliar with articulating it. Mm -hmm. And if pastors are unfamiliar, you can believe that there are people in the pew that are unfamiliar as well. Yeah. So I think one of the reasons for the writing of this first in a series is to remind God's people of what the gospel is. I think the booklet can also very easily be given to non-believers who can read it, and it very clearly articulates in language that anyone can understand yeah. the essential nature of the gospel. Now, interestingly enough, and we've talked about this before, um, there's some reluctance, I think, to understand the fullness of the gospel, if I could say that. Uh, we've used the expression, you know, with, with all the good news that there is, there had to be some bad news that preceded yeah. that. And that may be some of the things that maybe in the church today we're sort of shying away from. Yeah. Uh, ben, I was at the supper table with my son who, as you know, has just graduated from seminary. Yeah. And we were talking about something called forensic righteousness. Okay. You know, so forensic righteousness, forensic simply means legal. Mm -hmm. And so that God has applied His righteousness to us in some kind of a legal format. The death of Jesus Christ provides for us the just payment for our sins so that God is satisfied in the justice of what was done on the cross. I think the idea of God requiring a just payment for our sin is what's missing. So you're talking about sin, that's the bad news. Our sin deserves eternal damnation. Now, I, th I think a lot of people today are shying away from, first of all, the gravity of human sin. We still want to look at human beings and say, yeah, but isn't there some good in us? And I think the biblical answer to that is, whatever good we do is because God graces our lives, that He provides grace to allow us to do good. Left on our own devices, we would do evil constantly. Um, so God's goodness is applied to both believer and non-believer, but our impulse is towards evil. So that Paul will say in Romans 3, there is none who seeks good or seeks God and none who does good. Okay. And so that is meant categorically. 
So we have offended the righteous God who demands an accounting for our own sin. Christ comes and He's the answer to the bad news, yes? Uh, So that He he provides His own sacrifice on our behalf. So technically, theologically, we tend to talk about something called imputed righteousness or alien righteousness. And that means that the righteousness is not found in me. It's found in Him and it's applied to me. It's alien to me, but it's native to Him and it's applied to my account. So unless we get a gospel in which Christ's righteousness counts for us, His death pays for our sin and His righteous life is applied to our lives, we never get to the gospel. So I I think Mm -hmm. that's what's being missed today. Now, I hope that's not too technical. No, I I think that's fantastic because, well, let me ask you this question. Why do you think there is that reluctance to to look at that side of, of what God requires? I think there are two reasons. One reason is the the human mind simply rebels that there is no righteousness found in us. As Isaiah the prophet said, you know, all our righteous deeds are as filthy rags. And I think we are now living in a time in which we recoil from that kind of language and we demand that goodness be found in us. I'm a good person. Mm -hmm. Um, The idea that I'm sinful in relationship to God. Now again, as I've said, human beings do good things all the time. But what we are saying is that we never meet God's standard who demands perfection of us. That's never found in us. In fact, more than that, it's not just that we miss the mark, it's that we have deliberately rebelled against His standards and we find God unacceptable. So there's that sense then, that uh, that humanistic sense, that we want to believe that we can resolve all of our own issues, even the sin issue. Yeah, we can save ourselves. And so the idea of works theology, and I know we don't like those words in our day, but you know, we're going to talk about, some people talk about infused righteousness. And so that, you know, that I, I gradually become more righteous and this is how I become fit for God. When that language is found in us, we start denying the forensic righteousness, that's the word, the legal righteousness that Christ provided for us in the cross. So we'll start looking for inside you and I and say, you know, Ben, I see some good stuff in you. Surely that counts for you. So in my mind's eye, I've got this idea of God holding this scales in His hand. And if my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds, you know, I'm going to heaven. So I just need to get good enough. And it's that kind of a, 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 I want to say, heretical doctrine Mm -hmm. that is beginning to bury the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you think, is, is that at the core, because I know this, this is, is an issue and I know you've talked about it before, is that thinking at the core of what we would call universalism? Sure, yeah. because we look out there at people who do not name the name of Christ and some of them, you know, they seem to be decent enough people. Yeah. So, you know, we're saying, well, isn't there another way to get to God? Yeah. Um, and, you know, our response always is, It's not that the Bible says that unless you're a Christian, you're going to hell. The Bible says because you're a sinner, you're going to hell. See, and that's what, we've offended divine holiness. That's why we're being condemned. And it's because of that that we need a savior. I find myself, I'm like a, a, a ship that's sinking and there's no hope for me. It's going to drag me down. I need a savior to rescue me. That's the gospel. And anything short of that is a betrayal of the gospel. So you've already mentioned this a little bit, but just in concluding uh, today's program, 
Give me a sense of what you want the believer to get out of this and what you believe the non-believer should get out of this or could. The believer needs to always remember, Ben, that anything that is good found in them is a gift of grace. Okay. Our salvation, any righteousness, God has been kind to us. The unbeliever really needs to know the same thing. If you want any hope, you need the gift of God applied to you. You need Him to come to you and offer you the gift of cleansing and forgiveness and reconciliation with the Father. And if you will receive that gift that's given to Him, you too can receive a Savior and alien righteousness. Yeah. That's a great message. You know, we're excited about this book and we're excited about what is coming out. Uh, give me a sense of what you think is going to precede that when we're talking about the Pocketbook Theology series, what are some of your ideas? What are some of the things you think people need to hear about? Yeah, Pocketbook is a great idea because yeah. it's short enough that a person can, in one very short reading, read that. Yeah. I mean, as you and I know, Ben, people are reading less and less all the time, so we're trying to provide them with something that they can easily digest, and so we're doing it in mouth-sized pieces. Yeah. So we'll do some other things, too, which include everything from sharing the Gospel to who is God to who is Jesus, both fully man and fully God. I think we're going to have an opportunity to deal with all the great truths of the Scripture yeah. uh, and just present it to people in a, in a bite-sized fashion so they can digest it and they can also learn it well in a way that they can communicate it. Yeah, I know one of the things you had mentioned when, we, uh, when you were writing it and we were talking about it was that uh, it's not going to be uh, necessarily a simple read uh, in the sense that we want people to get enough uh, of the substance of the gospel for them to really chew on it and think about it and make a difference. We want to make it readable so that anyone can understand, but we want to make it thoughtful enough, profound enough, so that people are introduced to the beginnings of the mystery. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know one of the other things we wanted to do was make sure that it was as available as possible yeah. uh, to people because I think it's an incredible book. I think it's an incredible opportunity. Uh, so we're offering it uh, to anybody through our website or by calling uh, Back to the Bible uh, to get their first copy free. And then, you know what, we think there's so many people that you out there might know that need to hear this good news uh, that we want you to also pick up a second copy to give away for free. So we're excited about all the potential of it. So you can go to backtothebible.ca and you can order it online. Uh, it's the What is the Gospel, and it's the first of the Pocketbook Theology series. Or you can call us at 1-800-663-2425. And uh, you'll be sure to uh, order it there, and uh, they'll be uh, just really enthusiastic about receiving your order. But thanks so much, John, and as we continue this month, we're looking at some great issues of forgiveness, some timely issues, talking about the issue of hate and uh, the conscience as well. So we look forward to that. So thanks for joining us for Truth and Life today. Come back again next week. We hope you're enjoying the new Truth and Life Today show with Dr. John Newfeld. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode each week. But we want you to be involved in the show. To submit your own personal questions to Dr. John, you can email us at info at backtothebible.ca or find us on Facebook by searching Truth and Life Today.